You love Christmas? I love Christmas. I love the sights. I love the sounds. I love the smells. I love Christmas. I love Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of year, but not always. It's the most wonderful time of year, but not always. We're, we're going to look at a passage of scripture today. Pastor Glenn last week did a masterful job. I got to watch it online. I'm so grateful for the tech team here. They do a marvelous job, and I got to watch. Come on, I got to watch Pastor Glenn did an amazing job as he talked about Zechariah. There are two places in the New Testament where the story of Christ's birth is told. One is in Matthew. That's the first book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the other is in the book of Luke. And out of the story of Luke, we heard about a guy by the name of Zechariah. And Zechariah was a very special guy, and it was a special day for him. And, and Zechariah was called to be the high priest for the Jewish people that time. And, and as he went into the temple, he had an encounter with an angel. And one of the things that you see in the birth of Jesus' story, his narrative, on a, on a consistent basis, and you see this in the Bible in particular, especially in the New Testament, you see strange things. Angels, miracles, healings, unexplainable things take place. And Zechariah, he and his wife had tried to get pregnant for a long time, and, and Elizabeth was not able to get pregnant. And when he encountered the word of the Lord, the word angel is angelos in the Greek. It literally means messenger. And when he encountered this angel, he couldn't believe. He just couldn't believe that God was speaking to him. God had a message for him. And because of that, he was silenced. It's a very interesting story. And then after John the Baptist was born, he was able to speak and give him the name John. John was a powerful man, greatest of all men that have ever lived to this day except for one. Today we're going to continue in the story. It's not uh, in Luke's gospel. It's the story of the birth of Jesus from Mother Mary. And the Matthew's gospel, it's the story of the birth of Jesus from his earthly father, Joseph. So I want you to stand with me this morning as we read, turning your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. I've made, once again, we've made it easy. We've got some notes for you to follow along. And so if you don't have a Bible, actually the scripture verses are on this page. They will be on the screen as we do normally. But in Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse number 1, the Bible says, and it'll be up on the screen here, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, that's the word Messiah, the anointed one came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. Mary and Mary, there you go. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Everyone say, mystery. mystery. Come on, this is a mystery. She was pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. He was a righteous man. He was full of integrity, one translation says. Because Joseph was a righteous man, he was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, everyone say, hmm... He had a hmm moment. After he thought about this, an angel or a messenger of the Lord appeared to him. The angel appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid. Everyone say, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. For that which Mary carries in her stomach is conceived from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son because he will save his People from their sins. Yahshua, Old Testament Joshua, the name Jesus will save his people from their sins. I want to look at one more verse found in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. 
Paul the Apostle, writing to the church of Corinth, said, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord. The Lord is the Old Testament name that represents the Father. Jesus, the anointed one, the Messiah, our Savior, God in flesh that walked on planet Earth. Christ is Christos, the anointed one. If you want a verse for the Trinity in the New Testament, this is a great verse. For all you little Bible scholars out there that want a verse for the, New, for the Trinity there. Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Everyone say comfort. Who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. I want to talk to you on this idea this morning. Finding comfort. Finding comfort in our times of disappointment. Finding comfort in our times of disappointment. Can we pray today? Father, in these next few moments, you've just been so wonderful to us. And Lord, this morning, already in the first service, just such a, an amazing reality of who you are. And God, you've drawn these wonderful, beautiful people to this gathering today to worship the name of our Savior, Jesus. But not just to worship his name, but to worship him, the person. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for being our midst. Thank you for healing our hearts today. Thank you for filling us with hope. It is well with our soul. God, for those who are going to attend growth track tonight, I pray, God, that they'll just begin to sense a stirring. 2020, something new, a new vision, new dreams, new destinies. God, will become awakened in our heart. And as we prepare ourselves for the Christmas Eve service, as we come together and celebrate your birth, your entrance into the world, Jesus, I pray for those who are far from you, I pray for our families and our friends and those. I pray for my neighbors today, God, that we've been working on and praying for and talking to and developing a relationship for a long time. God, I pray that you will draw them this Christmas Eve. God, I pray that you will bless. And God, that the word will go forth with great power. And every person that's here today has an ear to hear, whether it's by internet or in the room. And God, give me a mouth to speak. I ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said... Amen. You may be seated today. You were so awesome. Thank you for standing so long. Have you ever experienced disappointment in your life before? Come on. Have you ever experienced disappointment? We all have, right? Uh, we were in Connecticut last week for Thanksgiving, and uh, we, you know, we do these little, the, there's an airline, it's a, a, one of the lower cost airlines, and we got it down to one little, it's great, it's a great airline, we love it, one of our guys here, one of our ushers here works for there, and, and we love that airline, and, uh, and we're grateful because the prices are cheap, and we carry one little bag on, and we're on our way, and, and so we got there, we, we got, we were coming home, and we got to the airport in Connecticut, and, and it began to snow, and it snowed. And it snowed. Someone say, let it snow. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. And it snowed, and it snowed, and it snowed. And we got on the airplane, and it snowed, and it snowed, and it snowed. And we got off the airplane, and it snowed, and it snowed, and it snowed. And we got back on the airplane, and it snowed, and it snowed. And, and they tried to pull the train, they tried to pull the plane off the runway with a tug, and the tug got stuck. Of course. And then they, uh, they were trying to pull it, and they brought a snowplow out, and they finally got it, and they couldn't get the thing started. Four hours later, ooh, a lot of disappointed people that night. A lot of disappointed people. I mean, you know, we've all experienced disappointment. Uh, you know, we can be disappointed. I mean, for some of us, Christmas season, man, I mean, for me, I love Christmas no matter what's going on. It helps me just to recenter and refocus my family, and, and I love being with my family, and the older my kids get, the more I love being with them. I mean, I love when they were little. I never knew that 
I just, nobody told, you know, all these books written out there, how to parent your four-year-old. You know, how to spank your six-year-old. How to not spank your, uh, we don't spank anymore. How, whatever you do today, you know? All these books out there, and then your kids get in their 20s, you're like, what in the, how do I, God, how do I help me, Jesus? Help me, Lord. They can say whatever they want to say to me now. <laughs> and they do. And they think they're my dad now. Oh, come on. Any other parent get that in the room? A couple of you that are over 27. You get like, oh, man. We've all been disappointed. Christmas, the Christmas that my mother passed away that year, she, just a couple of weeks before Christmas. And I remember our Christmas for 30, whatever it was, 35 years of my life was all pretty similar. Everybody came together, mom's house. And even after we all left, we come back Christmas. And after that, it never happened again. We never all got together for Christmas again. Not one time. And it's just been really unusual. It's been, it was a, a, a something happened. I was really, that first couple of years, really disappointed. What I've discovered is that the level of disappointment in our life is in direct proportion to the closeness to the relationship or to the person or to the situation. Think about it. I was disappointed sitting on the airplane. Now, I don't know if it's gonna be a one and done. I'm praying that it's a one and done. You know what I mean? Like, I pray we don't have that happen again, but you never know. I, I didn't finish the rest of that story because then I got off the airport in Orlando and I got to check out my car and that became complicated. I mean, I was really, by then I was really, not only was I disappointed, I was highly agitated at three o'clock in the morning. And I kept telling myself, I'm a pastor, I'm a pastor, I'm a pastor. I can't say that, I can't say that. I had a lot of things that I wanted to say that night and I couldn't say any of them. And when the guy wouldn't give me my keys back, I really wanted to say some things. Come on now, right? But you know, it's done. Boom, I'm on down the road. I told you it's, it was funny. I, I knew it was going to be funny because when I stepped back and looked at it, it was kind of funny, although I was highly agitated at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I had one goal on my mind that was being blocked, and that was sleep, right? Joseph was disappointed. He was disappointed. He was engaged to be married. In the Old Testament, man, this is a, I mean, our culture today, everybody living together and doing all this crazy stuff, and that's not God's way. If you're living with somebody right now, we love you, and God loves you, but he's got a better plan. He's got a way better way. That's not God's way. Not to live together first and try out the tires and make up. That's not how it works. That's not God's way. And that wasn't God's way with this couple. They were godly people. They loved God. Mary and Joseph loved God. They were godly. And Joseph finds out that his betrothed wife is pregnant. Everyone say, that's a problem. Do you think that at least initially, now I'm reading between the lines here, right? Because the scripture doesn't tell us this, but do you think at least initially he was disappointed? Come on, do you think, I mean, come on. Any of you guys been engaged out there and you find out your wife was pregnant? Like, you're like, okay, number one, I mean, I'm engaged. Number two, uh, uh, I've never had sex with this girl before. Come on, they didn't do that back then. That was a problem. Premarital sex was an issue in the Old Testament. Not good. Number three, Mary's now pregnant. Number four, I'm not the man. I'm, just think about it. In our story, we're gonna see Joseph needed something. He had to be disappointed, at least initially. But we're going to see how Joseph encourages, or Joseph finds comfort. Everyone say comfort today. 
Oh, we use the word comfort today to be like a protection from pain, but that's not how actually the, the original language expresses it. The word comfort actually means to strengthen. It, it means to come alongside. In the New Testament, Jesus said, I will give you the parakalitas, the Holy Spirit, who is the comforter. He comes alongside of us to strengthen us, to hold us together in our time of pain. Hold us together. We all experience pain. We all experience disappointment, either with our kids, our spouses, our, our jobs. And the closer the people are to us, the greater the disappointment. It's why, it's why at Christmas, some of the highest rates of spousal abuse and domestic violence, and I've gone down to the prison, and I've gone down to the local Seminole County Jail. I mean, it's just a reality because there's disappointment that's taking place in people's lives. I want to look at three ways that Joseph found comfort. Joseph strengthened himself in God. How Joseph strengthened himself in God. First of all, I want you to see that we can find comfort today by living right with God. By living right with God. Now, this is the strange set of circumstances Mary is impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Everyone say mystery. Come on, it's a mystery. Now, this is a one and done. It only happened one time. One time. One time. Did God choose to leave his place of authority and come down to dwell and to live and to become one of us? Philippians chapter 2, Paul gives us a little insight into this understanding of God. Kind of, It seems that he, in the word there's kenosis in the Greek, like he set aside that privilege. He was God, don't, get, don't kid yourself, he was fully God, but he came in human flesh and he dwelt among us. Jesus was God with human skin on. He was perfect in every way. The perfect sacrifice when he went to that cross. No sin, no sickness, no disease, no broken bones. Mm -mm. Significant today. How did he do it? It was a mystery. Isaiah says this about the mysteries of God. Isaiah chapter something here. We're going to put that up. Isaiah 45. Truly, O God of Israel, our Savior, you work in. Come on. You work in. Have you ever found a problem, a circumstance, something that you're disappointed with, a mystery? Come on, how did this happen? How did this happen? We have mysteries in our lives. We have things that we can't explain. We have difficulties and trials and challenges. But Joseph was, the Bible says in verse number 19, he was a righteous man. He was a just man. He was a man who followed the law of God. He followed the law of God. He loved God. He loved God. He loved God with all of his heart. He loved God with all of his soul. He loved God with all of his strength. What I really, really appreciate about this guy, Joseph, is he wasn't a victim. I mean, he's stuck with a pretty bad situation. He, he's walking in right relationship with God, and he takes ownership. You know that? Uh, there's this guy out there, it's Pastor Joe's mentor and hero. His name is Jock Wilkelson. 
And Jock Wilkelson is one of those guys that wakes up in the morning and he eats 16 raw chickens. And then he goes to the gym with one arm. He lifts 500 pounds above his head. And then it's out snowing outside and he puts barbed wire on his feet and he walks backward 19 miles. I mean, Jocko Wilkinson is a tough dude. He's a former Navy SEAL and he's just a bad dude, man. But he, he helps people to understand that they can do something they never thought was possible. And he wrote a book called Extreme Ownership. And basically he says, hey, whatever's happened in your life, don't blame your parents, don't blame your boss, don't blame, the, don't blame everybody. If you're an employer, don't blame your employees. If you're an employee, don't blame your employer. Take ownership of your own life. It's your life. It's your life. And no one else is gonna live it for you. And the choices that you make determine your destiny. The choices you make today determine your destiny tomorrow. Joseph decides to serve God. I'm gonna walk with God. He walks with God. I love what the psalmist says in Psalms 119. He says, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. I've set my heart on your laws. He loved the word of God. He loved it. You know the way that he was able to walk with God in this situation? Put the Psalms 119.97. Because he loved the law. Oh, how I love your word. I love your word. David cries out, oh, how I love your word. I chew on it. I think about it. I meditate it on day and night when I'm going through a disappointing season and time when things are mysterious and I can't make sense of my reality. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to meditate on his word. I'm going to choose to walk in his will and his ways in my life. And hear me today. The only way that you can keep religion, the only way that you can keep this thing we call church, the church experience, the only way that you can keep it from becoming religious with bells and smells and twinkles and all kinds of other things that people associate with religiosity the only way that you can do that is by loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Come on, with all your might. Oh, how I love you. Oh, it's the first commandment to love God. The only way that you can walk in the will of God and live right today is by loving God. Joseph had a choice to make. Think about it. He's disappointed. Gotta be disappointed, at least initially. He didn't go all Murray. He didn't get all Jerry Springer. He didn't go on Oprah. Come on. He didn't get all K Kardashian on him. Jersey Housewives. Come on. Are you kidding me? These people are crazy. What are they thinking? No, man. That's not what he did. He chose another way, the law of love. He chose a kind way. Ephesians 4 says of the person who's walking with God. Ephesians 4.32, be kind. You know why you need to be kind to other people? Because everyone you meet is going through something. Right? Everyone. Be kind and tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Joseph is positioning himself now. He's positioning himself to hear from God. He's positioning himself to be strengthened by God. The second thing that I want you to see about his life today is that you can find, and he found strength or comfort. 
God came alongside of him because he was willing to properly assess. First service, I said access. We're gonna say assess the situation. Look at verse number 20. But after he had considered this, he thought about it. He meditated, he thought about it. I got a problem here, Lord. I'm engaged, never been had relations with this girl. I love her, she's pregnant, I'm not the dad. Hmm. Joseph lives in a town called Nazareth. If you go to Israel with this, this coming summer, you'll go to Nazareth. It's just a cool, it's a cool little small town now. It's actually a Palestinian neighborhood now. And, and last year when we went to the place where the angel came to tell Mary that she was pregnant, there was a group of Palestinian youth that came and we just had a great time with them, our group and their group, and they were taking pictures of us and we were taking pictures of them. It was just a really cool experience that we had at, at the place that Mary found out that she was pregnant with the Christ child. And this is a small little town, maybe 500 people, and you can imagine, tongues were about to wag. Did you hear? Did you hear the pastor daughter? She's pregnant. The rabbi's daughter. Oh, oh no good. I mean, you can hear the tongues of talking in a wagon. It's a small little town. Everybody knows everybody's business. That's why we live in big cities, because nobody cares. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Come on, preach it down. I'm gonna give her the microphone. I gotta get going here. The psalmist says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He was a considerate man. He was a rational man. Verse number 20, the Passion Translation says, while he was still considering this, while he was still debating with himself about what to do, he fell asleep. When things get tough, the tough go and take a nap. <laughs> That's what we do. We go take a nap. I got to go think about it. I gotta go to sleep. You know, it's amazing what happens when we just take a time out and we don't rant and rave and express all of our emotions, especially in a time of disappointment. You know what happens? We go to sleep. We're giving God an opportunity to help us get a different perspective. You know the thing that you were so irritated about and angry about and ticked off about the day before? Something happens when you go to sleep it just seems like you can start to maybe think a little differently. Do you know that the language of the Holy Spirit in our life today is supernatural? It's visions and dreams and miracles and healings. It's all throughout the Bible. As a matter of fact, in almost every single account of Jesus' coming to the world, people had dreams and visions. It was a common account for Joseph. He had never had a dream until Christ came, and then he had four dreams, four times that he would have dreams that God would speak to him. Notice when the dreams come, it's never contrary. It's never some kind of new revelation, some weird kind of thought or idea. When God's dreams come, they're always the dreams that come from his word. The promises that come from his word. Isaiah 7, 14. She shall have a child. And they'll call him Emmanuel. The word. The word the angel spoke to him. The word brought strength. The word brought encouragement. The prophet Joel says, it shall come to pass in the last days. Afterwards, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. How many of you believe today we're in the last days? 
Come on, we are in the last, whatever it is, it might be my last day, it might be your last day, but I know we are moving one day closer to Christ's return. It's our hope. It's what Advent, it's why we light the candles and everything's going to be all right. Because Christ is coming again. It's the blessed hope of the church. Angel speaks to him. He thinks about it. And in that moment, he realized that he didn't have to do what the law taught. The law said that there's a couple options that he had. One extreme option was to stone, have her stoned. We see that account in John chapter 8 of a woman that was caught in adultery, drug out in front of Jesus, and a bunch of guys want to stone her. It was an option. It was permissible, permissible in the Old Testament law to stone. But another option was to put away. He chose to put away. You know why he chose to put away? Because he got a word from God. While he was considering while he was meditating, while he was actually sleeping, God spoke to him. Do you know God wants to speak to you today about your circumstance? God wants, whatever you're walking through, whatever you're experiencing, God wants to speak to you. In John chapter 10, Jesus said, my sheep, my sheep. If you're a Christ follower today, you might just be new to this thing. You might be just putting your toes in and just stepping in, but you said yes to Jesus. Or you've been with him a long, long time. You're a sheep. My sheep know my voice. Can you hear God today? When I was a boy, when I was a boy, uh, in shop class in seventh grade, we made transistor radios. We don't even know what a radio is anymore, but it was a little AM radio. And I listened to KTKT, Rocks Tucson, 99 on your AM dial. I remember making that little transistor and, and, and little radio and little sod here and put this little kit together and finally dialed it in. And, and all of a sudden, I hit my station. Yes. I put together a transistor radio. Whoo, that's a big deal back then. I mean, you remember those, and you don't know what, what, what's, what's AM. I got my, I got my, what do you call it? List. Yeah, your playlist. I got my playlist. All right. My podcast. I'm listening to Pandora. I'm listening to Spotify. I got my iTunes. Joseph heard from God. Joseph heard from God. He was in proper position. He was walking with God. He heard the word of God. And because he was, did that, he was able to live in the ways of God. And this is what God says to him in verse number 21. She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Yeshua, the Savior. And you know what the Lord says to him? You know what the Lord says to him? Jo Joseph, don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. I don't know what you're walking through, but 365 times in the Bible, God says, don't be afraid. Fear not. Isaiah says it like this. But now, oh, Eugene, listen up, city church. Listen up. The one who created you, the Lord God himself, says to you today, do not be afraid. For I have ransomed. I have redeemed. I have given you a savior. And his name is Jesus. I've called you by my name and you are mine. Jesus has made you his very own today. 
And when you take time to consider and to think about and to ponder on the reality of your current world, no matter what you're walking through, Jesus has already made a way. He is redeemed. He has paid the price. He's made a way when there seemed to be no way. When the doctor's report seemed to be very, very negative. When you looked at your checkbook and it looked like, oh my, how are we going to do it this month? Once again, Jesus shows up and says, I am your redeemer. Fear not, for I am with you. I have called you by my name. Oh, what a promise. What a promise. What a promise. He's promised to be with us. He's with you today. Joseph was positioned to hear from God because he was walking in the will and the way because he had God's word. He knew the word. He knew what God was saying about his circumstance. He knew what God was saying about his situation. This situation is from the Holy Spirit. What you are walking through today, it might not have been caused by God, but it's been allowed by God, and God is with you. Jesus said, I'm with you to the very end of the age. And the last thing that I want you to see, that Joseph found comfort by obeying God's word. Verse number 24, the Bible says, when Joseph woke up, he did. The intonation in the original here has the idea of immediately. He didn't wait. When God spoke and God's word said it, he immediately got up and did what the Lord told him to do. He chose to do right. My wife, when my boys were little, they'd be unhappy about something. They'd be unhappy. We had a little happy button that we'd push in our house. We'd make them push the happy button from the time they could breathe. Push the happy button. Gotta push the happy button. And she would tell them when they were little, when you choose to do right, you feel right. The good feelings inside don't come from a bottle. They don't come from uh, necessarily from a relationship with someone. They don't come from a lot of these things that we try to do to feel right inside. They come from walking right with God. And Joseph immediately got up and obeyed God. He immediately got up. And the first thing that Joseph did, that Joseph received the blessing of God. He received the blessing of God. His obedience brought blessing to his life. I mean, it just brought that peace. It brought that sense of God was with him. It released God's blessing, God's favor. God loves to favor you. Jesus said in John 14, loving me empowers you to obey my word. And my Father will love you so deeply that, you will come, that we will come to you and make you our dwelling place. God loves you today. God wants to bless you today. God wants to bless your life with peace. God wants to bless your life when things aren't making a sense with understanding. God wants to bless your life in every dimension. The word blessing literally means to be happy, to make happy. The joy of the Lord is your strength today. When you're walking through times of disappointment and discouragement, it's joy that sustains you. It's joy that gives you strength. It's joy that fills you full of hope. Darkness may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Come on. Someone said amen this morning. Oh. And not only was he blessed, the blessing is never just for us. 
the blessing is for us to give away. Oh, he was blessed. Yeah, he took Mary as his wife. Oh, yeah, God, God was blessing that act. God was going to bless him. That wasn't, hear this today. It's never easy. Seldom, I should say never. It's seldom easy to obey a hard word from God. It's seldom easy to go against the culture, to go against the flow, to go against the education of our generation. Seldom easy. But it always brings God's great reward. God told Abraham, I will bless you so that you can be a blessing to the nations. Joseph took Mary to be his wife. Do you know in their little town of 500 people, you know what they considered marriage? You know what they considered that baby in there? They considered that baby to be illegitimate. They did the Jewish people. To this very day, 2,000 years ago, good Jewish people, and I mean Jewish people that are, that are Old Testament Jewish people, they don't consider Jesus to be the Messiah. That's not what they, they use another word. We don't use those words in, in good company today. That's not what they do. No, no, no. It was a decision. God said, I will bless you so that you can be a blessing. The moment you said yes, the moment you invited Christ into your life and Jesus became your Lord, not only did God bless you with forgiveness, not only did God bless you with hope and a promise that he is with you today, God has blessed you with this reality that you now are a blessing to your family. Come on. Some of you have carried abuse in your family history. Some of you come, your father, your grandfather, they were abusers and users and taking advantages of her people. And Christ came into your life and he broke the line. Jesus came into your heart and that abuse, come on, that abuse, that misuse, that brokenness and pain, it stopped. The cross of the Lord Jesus Christ declared it was finished. You're no longer a victim and slave to the problems and the circumstances of this world. Now you've chosen to be a victor and to choose to be a blessing to your family and to those around you. Some of you today, hear me, because today God has blessed you. And you said, you know what? There's a need in this community. And we have people that are hungry. And this Thanksgiving, they won't be able to, to have a good Thanksgiving meal. So I'm going to buy a meal. Some of you bought more than one meal. The reason that you could do that is because God had blessed you. And you were being a blessing to someone else. And 574 families, come on, got food bags this Thanksgiving. There are children in our community, we said, you know what, God? We want to do something for the kids. We want to do something for the kids. You stepped up and you bought Christmas presents for 154 so far. We had to close it off. We had so many people wanting them. We didn't have, you know, we could probably take another offering, probably have people do it. To, you guys have such a heart to give. Oh, we have a church up in Jacksonville called Life City Church that's going today because you said, you know what? My life's been changed by City Church and I believe in the mission and the vision to plant churches not only in this city but around the world and you gave and we gave over $18,000 to that church to help them get started. Come on, your giving became a blessing to someone else. Come on, can you give God a hand clap in the house? Oh, and I love this. The last thing, in verse number 25. In verse number 25. Oh, but he did not consummate their marriage until after she gave birth to a son. And he, Joseph, he gave him the name 
Yeshua, Joshua, Jesus, Jesus Christos, Jesus Christ, He is our Lord. You know what the great reward was? One guy in all of human history. Come on, one guy in all of human history got the name our Savior, our Lord. One guy got the great reward, got the great blessing of giving the name to Jesus, the name which is above every other name, the name that over a billion people on planet Earth have said yes to, the name that which is above every other name, the name that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, the name that is above all names. His name is Jesus. He is the only one who can save you. Hear me today. Religion can't save you. Religion Curiosity can't save you. Save you. Good works can't save you. Trying to be a better person can't save you. But Jesus, Jesus saves today. Jesus heals today. And this man Joseph got the great blessing. And today God wants to give you a great reward. There are rewards in heaven that God is going to distribute to those who said yes. Those who said yes. Wow. So what do we do with this today? What do we do with this today? Some of you need to hear this. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give in. Winston Churchill in 1941 was speaking to his alma mater, a school in England called Harrow. And he said, never, never, Never give in. Never give in. Never, 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 never give in. And nothing great or small, large or petty. Never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to force. Never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. Never give in. Never give in. Don't give up. Keep showing up. Keep going after God. Keep believing. Because here today, I want you to hear this. Now, what do we do with this? What do you do with this today? First thing, you got to believe. You got to believe that God wants to give you clear direction. God's speaking to some of you in this room. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't become a victim. That, that thing, that disappointment in your life, don't let it sink, sink you down that rat, rat hole of gloom, despair, and brokenness in your life. Don't do that. God has supernatural surprises. Believe me today, God has good gifts. This morning, as I was preparing to come, I had my playlist going, and the song Good, Good Father came on. And I don't care where I'm at when that song comes on. You know what I'm singing? He's a good, good father. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He's a good father. He gives good gifts. God wants to give you a great reward. God has a great reward. Well done. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And he gave him the name Jesus. Oh, the songwriter was going through a great season of disappointment. His family had sunk off the waters of the coast of Chicago. And there, as he looked across that great lake, his wife and his children were coming across. And in just a moment, he would see that boat sink with his family aboard. In that moment, these words begin to flow out of this man. 
it is well. It is well with my soul. Is it well with your soul today? Is it well with you today? Everyone here is going through something. We're going through something. And I've had to practice this so many times the last couple of weeks. And, and here's a word that the Lord gave to me. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. This might help you. It might help some of you in the room. This is what I've had to choose to do every day. 1 Peter chapter 3, the Bible says, For the scripture tells us, Whoever wants to embrace true life and find beauty in each day. Do you know that matter what, no matter what you're walking through, God has beauty in store for you. There's beauty in this day. We stop speaking evil, hurtful words. Stop believing the lies of the enemy about your circumstance and your situation. Stop believing that nothing will ever change in your life. But today you cultivate that which is good. You pr pursue peace with all people. All people. You make it your prize. You make it your prize to love God with all your heart and expect His great reward. Will you stand with me this morning?